0: 2 Kings chapter 20, and we're just reading the first six verses together of this great chapter, 2 Kings chapter 20 and verse 1. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which was good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass, afore Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again, and tell Hezekiah the captain of the people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears, Behold, I will heal thee, On the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. And I will add unto thy days fifteen years. And I will deliver thee in this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. God will bless the reading of his precious word to your hearts tonight. The last part of verse number one. Is the text that I want you to consider for a few moments this evening. Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Let's pray together briefly. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for everything that we have heard and experienced already in this meeting. Thank thee, O God, for bringing us to the cross. We thank thee, O God, for the ministry and song, And we thank thee, Lord, for that day that's coming whenever we will see the Savior face to face. And many here tonight will be able to tell and sing that story, Saved by Grace. We pray tonight, O God, for some that need the saving grace of God. That, Lord, even now and even this very hour in this house, that the grace of God will reach into some poor soul's heart and life and bring them to the Savior's feet. Hear and answer prayer. Grant the help of the Spirit of God and pour out the Holy Ghost upon us and be glorified and exalted in our midst. It's in the Saviour's name that we pray for God's eternal glory. Amen. Charles M. Alexander was a famous gospel singer. And some of the older people tonight in the meeting might remember that little red hardback Alexander's hymn book, Alexander's number three hymn book. I remember my mother had it. It was passed down to her from her mother. And it's a hymn book that's been used over many, many years. And Charles Alexander toured the world with men like R.A. Torrey, as he preached the gospel. In fact, in 1903, in the city of Belfast, in St. George's Market, Torrey and Alexander filled that great place to capacity as they preached the Word of God. Ernie Allen's mother, Ernie Allen, who started the Every Home Crusade, his mother was converted at that mission as she listened to the preaching of R.A. Torrey. And then Tory's successor, Wilbur Chapman, also accompanied Alexander on his great preaching crusades, preaching together and singing the gospel together to thousands and thousands of people. In fact, Charles Alexander married a lady by the name of Helen Cadbury whose father was the famous chocolatier, Mr. Cadbury. And whenever these men filled their halls preaching the gospel, often just behind the pulpit, they would erect a large gospel text, maybe with some of the great texts of Scripture on it. 2 Timothy 2.15 was Alexander's favorite Bible verse. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, John 1.12 is another, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Sometimes it was a a gospel slogan, saved for service, or never lose sight of Jesus. But oftentimes, and more often than not, it was the simple phrase, get right with God. Get right right with God. And that's our subject for this evening. As we look at this great text in 2 Kings 20 and verse number one, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Or we could render it if we were to paraphrase it or give it a title, Hezekiah, get right with God. And that statement makes it clear that man in his natural state is all wrong before God. The Bible says that the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he know them. They are foolishness unto him because they are spiritually discerned. The Bible says that the carnal mind is enmity against God and is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. The Bible says that by nature we are the children of wrath. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. We walk according to the course of this world. We are dead in trespasses and in sins. We are separated from God. We are all as an unclean thing. And from the sole of the foot to the crown of the head, there is no soundness in it. The Bible makes it very clear that man without grace is all wrong before Almighty God. And we see that reality in us. And we see that reality all around us. But the Bible tonight, the Word of God, the Gospel, the great message of of the cross is all about man being made right with God. That's why we preach the gospel every Sunday night from this pulpit, so that men and women and young people can hear how they can be made right with God. And here the prophet Isaiah comes into the king Hezekiah, the king of Judah, and says to him, Set thine house in order. For thou shalt die and not live. Now Hezekiah was a man who under God brought reformation and renewal to the nation of Judah. Now we read that that same man is sick unto death. His days are numbered. Eternity is near. And things in his life and things in his home need to be put right before Almighty God. And these words tonight have great relevance for each and every one of us in this meeting. Because there's a day coming for all of us whenever we will die. Set thine house in order for thou shalt die and not live. We live in a society where people almost live as if they're going to live forever. And they're never going to leave this world and stand before their Creator. But the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. We must all needs die. The Scripture says that we are all someday going to that house that is appointed for all living. And I want to just bring this text of Scripture to bear tonight on your mind and be trust by the Spirit of God upon your conscience. And I believe there's something in this text for every one of us to consider. Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Or to put it very simply, get right with God. I believe tonight, first of all. And very briefly, that this text of Scripture can be applied to the Christian with regards to personal revival. This verse of Scripture can be applied to the saint or the Christian with regards to personal revival. These words were spoken to Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a righteous man. Hezekiah was a very godly man. We read in chapter 18, verses 1 through the 7, just to bring some of these truths to you. He did that which was right. In the sight of the Lord, he removed the high places, he break the images, cut down the groves, break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel. He cleaved to the Lord. He departed not from following him, but kept his commandments which the Lord commanded Moses. And so Hezekiah was a godly man. And yet Isaiah said to him, Set thine house... In order, for thou shalt die and not live. And I believe, therefore, that these words have application to the Christian, application to the believer, application to the saint, and they exhort us to live in light of eternity. Christian tonight, how many of us are really living in light of eternity? Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. One day, Hezekiah, very soon you're going to leave your household, your family, and your home behind. You're going to die and not live. Therefore, set your affairs in order because you're going to stand before your Creator. Now, sometimes we forget this, that as Christian people, we too will stand before the judgment throne of Almighty God. Every one of us shall give an account of himself before God. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And therefore, if there are things in our lives that need to be set in order, and there are things that we need to put right before God and put right before our fellow man, we need to do it now. Because we cannot fix our lives and we cannot fix our testimony at the judgment seat of Christ. I believe there's a day coming whenever many of God's people, probably all of us to some degree or other, as we stand at the judgment seat of Christ will shed tears. By and by when I look on His face, I will wish I had given him more. The Bible says that we can lay no other foundation than that which has been laid in Christ Jesus. But that foundation that is laid is a foundation that we build upon either gold, silver, or precious stones. Things that are hidden from the natural man. Things that are found below the surface. I believe it's speaking about the heart cultivating the heart before God, or we can build with wood, hay, and stubble, things that are done to be seen of men. But the day shall declare it, every man's work shall be tried by fire. Gold, silver, and precious stones can abide the fire, but wood, hay, and stubble will be burned up. And the Bible says there in 1 Corinthians 3, if any man's work shall be burned, he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. And Paul's making it clear that some people will get into heaven by the skin of their teeth and will have nothing to show for the grace of God really in their lives to live in light of eternity is what Isaiah is exhorting Hezekiah to do, and it means to live in light of the day of judgment. It also means to live in light of the glory of God. You remember in Matthew 22, the Lord was asked, what is the great commandment of the law? And the Son of God summarized the first table of the law, the first four of the Ten Commandments, and He says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God, With all thy heart, all thy mind, and with all thy strength, live to the glory of God. Love God with all your being. This is the first and great commandment. In fact, this is why we've been put on this earth, to live for the glory of God. And to love the Lord with all of our hearts. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And then the second great commandment is like unto it, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And that's a summary of the second table of the law, to love your neighbor as yourself. And some of our neighbors, our friends, our loved ones, our family members are not converted. And I believe to live in light of eternity is to live in light of the judgment seat of Christ to live in light of the glory of God, and to live as well for the good of her neighbor, especially as far as the salvation of their souls is concerned. My Bible tells me tonight, He that winneth souls is wise. The Apostle Paul said, I have a great heaviness and a continual sorrow in my heart for my brethren my kinsmen according to the flesh, for I could wish myself accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. He says, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. I wonder tonight, as believers, do we have a burden for the lost? Whenever Charles Cowman, the missionary warrior, was dying, his wife, Letty Cowman, who wrote those little devotional books, Streams in the Desert and Springs in the Valley, as she nursed her dying husband, some of the last words that he ever spoke to her were these, Letty, do your utmost to bring as many souls as you can. John Wesley said, we have one business in this earth, the salvation of the lost. William Booth said, go for souls, go for the worst. W.P. Nicholson said, Oh, that we had rather not live than to live and not see souls won to Jesus Christ. David Brainerd writes in his diary, I cared not where or how I lived, nor what hardships I went through, so that I might but win souls to Jesus Christ. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said that he took no greater joy than the joy that he took in winning souls to the Savior. Christians, tonight in this meeting, maybe we need to get right with God in the sense of living to His glory and seeing souls won for Jesus Christ. We are saved for service. Set thine house in order. Thine house is reference to our families, Thy house is referenced to our affairs. Is there anything tonight, Christian father, Christian mother in the meeting, and you need to set it right before God? Maybe certain things that you need to let go of, things that are holding you back. Maybe things tonight that we need to lay hold upon within our homes. What about the prayer life? What about family worship? What about your walk with God? Are there things tonight that need to be set in order? I don't want to stand before Almighty God, looking back in a life filled with regrets. By and by, when we look in His face, we'll wish we had given Him more. C.T. Studd wrote so famously, only one life, it'll soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. John Wesley wrote in his great journal, Lord, let me not live to be useless. He wanted his life to count for God. And in revival, and before revival comes, even Christians feel their need to get right with God. This text of Scripture has reference and application to the Christian with regards to personal revival. This verse of Scripture also is application for the backslider with regards to personal restoration. Is there somebody tonight in the meeting and you've lost out with God? You're not in a place with God tonight that you were this time last year or five years ago or ten years ago or maybe only one or two months ago, backsliding is one of the biggest problems, I believe, in the church of Jesus Christ in this nation of ours. Although I have to confess that it is my conviction that the term backslider is used all too frequently, too lightly, and too thoughtlessly. You know, it's one of the most common words in the church nowadays, backslider. But did you know that the word backslider is only found once in the entire Word of God? Back there in Proverbs 14, 14, it says, The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. Many times the Word of God in Old Testament Scripture speaks about the backslidings of Israel as a nation. But whenever you come to the New Testament Scriptures, the word backslider or any connotation of it is not found anywhere in the New Testament. In fact, our Lord Jesus Christ spoke a lot more about false professions than He did about backsliders. And the epistles of the Apostle Paul and Peter speak more about personal apostasy than they do about personal backsliding but we have made backsliding almost a theological construct in its own right. But yet with that said, it has to be acknowledged that born again, redeemed, and blood-bought believers can and do lose out with God. We can and do grow cold in heart. We can fall into sin so easily, whether it's outward and open, or whether it's internal and secret. And the amazing thing about Hezekiah, after the Lord touched him, and after the Lord healed him, and after the Lord gave unto Hezekiah another 15 years, Hezekiah tragically and sadly, momentarily lost out with God. We read in 2nd Corinthians or 2nd Chronicles 32 and verse number 25. Hezekiah rendered Not again, according to the benefit done unto him, for his heart was lifted up. Remarkable that this man that saw reformation, renewal, revival, and healing, who walked with God in his last days began to lose out with God. What was the problem? It was pride within his heart. He was lifted up within his heart, and he he fell by the wayside and no longer had a thankful heart. It was a hard issue. He began to flirt with Babylon, began to make deals with the Babylonians, and tragically, the results were not good for his house. That house that Isaiah said, set your house in order. The tragedy was that whenever Hezekiah lost out with God in his heart, lifted up with pride, the results were detrimental for his own family. In chapter 20 of 2 Kings, it says in verse 17, Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house... And that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon." Tragedy in the experience of Hezekiah. Many a Christian parent has lost out with God and perhaps has been too proud to acknowledge it and confess it. And sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it can result in the family being lost, lost to this present world. I wonder tonight, is there a backslider in the meeting? And God's word to you right now is set thine house in order. For thou shalt die and not live. In the name of Christ, get right with God. Maybe the world has got in. Maybe the devotional life has died. Maybe some besetting sin has held a grip on your soul. And you've lost out with God. And your family are losing out with God as well as a result of your backslidings. Set thine house in order. Get right with God. This text has application to the Christian with regards to personal revival. It has got application to the backslider with regards to personal restoration. But one last thought in closing, this text of Scripture has got application to the sinner with regards to personal redemption. Maybe you're in the meeting tonight and you're not converted you've never been saved. You've never been born again of the Spirit of God. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You've never repented of your sins, and God's saying to you, get right with God. Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. And tonight, God is calling you to realize your need, man's primary need is not economical, educational, social, physical, circumstantial man's primary need is spiritual man needs to get right with god you need to be forgiven you need to be saved you need to have your sins washed away you need to be reconciled to god as god calling you tonight i want you to realize your need i want you to repent of your sins, Did you ever notice that the first recorded word of the preaching of John the Baptist was the word "repent, and the first recorded word of the preaching of our Lord Jesus Christ was the word "repent." And the first word that Peter said on the day of Pentecost as he was bringing his sermon to a conclusion and the crowd cried out, What shall we do? His first word was repent. Did you ever notice that the Lord's last word to the seven churches was the word repent? The Bible calls men and women to repentance. What is repentance? Repentance is having a change of mind about ourselves, about our souls, about our sin, and about our sovereign God that results in a change of heart that leads to a change of life. It means to turn around. It means to do a U-turn. And maybe God tonight is calling you to realize your need, to repent of your sin, to redeem this opportunity. God is giving Hezekiah an opportunity. The prophet Isaiah is speaking to him. It's not what the king wants to hear, but he realizes, I need to get right with God. I need to redeem this opportunity. I need to set my house in order. And God maybe is giving this opportunity to you tonight as an individual to get right with God and to redeem this opportunity and not wait another moment. But to get right with God now and seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. And maybe God is calling you as well to receive the Savior. John 1.12 says, As many as received him. To them give he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Jesus Christ is God's great love gift to this world. You know the verse well, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave His only begotten Son. And if somebody gives you a gift, what do you do? You receive it, thankfully and gladly, with open arms. And you recognize that it is a gift, and it's without money, and it's without price. Will you receive Jesus Christ tonight? Maybe God is calling you, having done that, to reform your life, to start reading your Bible, to start praying, To start really living for God and to relinquish and yield your life to Jesus Christ completely. To recognize His Lordship in your life. D.L. Moody, God bless that man of God, used to say to people, give your life to God. He can do much more with it than you ever could. That little phrase, get right with God, that's what justification is all about. Justification is to be declared righteous. To be made legally right before Almighty God. To have your sins all forgiven. To be declared righteous. To have your sins put on Christ and His righteousness put on you. And that's the foundation, the foundational truth of the gospel of redeeming grace. I stand upon his merit. I know no safer stand, not even where glory dwelleth in Emmanuel's land. Is God calling you tonight, listen, set your house in order as a Christian in personal revival, as a backslider in personal restoration, as a sinner in personal redemption? Wherever we are tonight, is God challenging us to get right with him afresh? We read a story just this afternoon about an English sailor. He was attending meetings, gospel meetings in New York City. He didn't listen to anything that was said. But on the way out, a deacon handed him a little card. And he took really no notice of the card until he went to his lodgings. And he set the little card beside its bed. And it simply said, if... I died now, I would go to, and then a blank space. And then below that, a place to sign your name and write the date. And he set it beside his bed, and he didn't give it much of a second thought. But within a few days, as they were preparing the ship for sea, he was climbing high in the rigging, and he fell, and he broke both of his legs and was bed-bound for several weeks. And every night as he went to bed and every morning as he woke up, his eyes fell upon that little card. How would I fill it in? If I died today, I would go to blank space. And the Lord began to convict him. And he realized if I was to fill that card out honestly, I would have to write, I would go to hell. And I would have to sign my name and date it below because I know that I'm not saved. And ultimately, he was brought to conviction of sin and brought into a relationship with Jesus Christ so we could fill it in. If I die today, I would go to heaven. But friend, can I ask you that same question? It's not a cliche. It's not to try to be dramatic. It's to be honest before God tonight. How would you fill that in? If you were to die today, If you were to die tonight, right now, if this was your last night on earth, where would you go? Heaven? Have you been born again? You trust in Christ tonight? Have you received Him? Or would you have to be honest and say, if I died right now, I would, because of what the Bible says and because of my sin, I would go to hell and be lost forever set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Get right with God. Let's all give our hearts and lives afresh to Jesus Christ tonight. Live for him, light of eternity.